Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. As I am, so will you be. As the Father sent me, I send you. I am in the Father, you are in me, and I in you. He's constantly bringing us into a oneness. And, you know, Becky says it's not sameness, it's oneness. What does that mean? It means we all wake up with the same reason for being. He restored us into the, the very nature of God. That's what he intended. He said he created us in the image of God. This is not blasphemy, I promise. It's his word, not mine. And, and you think about it this way. I have like 200 bushes of blueberries in the backyard that have been gone untouched for years and years and years, and yet they still produce blueberries. It's amazing to me. There's briars all in them. Now, some of them are very, very small, and there's a bunch of them, and some of them are very, very big. It's all different. You can tell the way that the sun hits them. You can tell the ones on the tree line are all this way, trying to get the sun. Um, it, it, it's just amazing to me, but like never, I want to get this point across, never, not one time I'm sure that them blueberry bushes are out there going, come on, blueberries. But somehow we get that in our mindset as Christians. Come on, good works. Come, we just need to understand that we get to be this now. It's not about trying. Grace is not the best application we can try to be. Grace is the very empowerment to do what you couldn't think, what you couldn't do on your own anyway. So with that said, um, actually, I'll go into this too. There's, there's a moment where Peter is on the rooftop of Simon, a tanner's house, and he's praying and he became hungry, it says, and then all of a sudden he went into a trance, and the sheep falls down, and all these animals are running around, and the Lord speaks to him and says, get up, kill, and eat. I do believe is how it's worded. Um, and Peter's stubborn self, he goes, no, Lord, <laughs> which is funny, because how can you say those two things in one sentence? No, Lord. <laughs> like, <laughs> your Lord means governing factor, and he's saying no to the governing factor. But he says, no, Lord, I have never eaten anything unclean. Anyways, the big picture of this whole vision was to take him to Gentiles' how, uh, you know, house and, and allow them to uh, be preached the gospel. So he's breaking off all the religious parts of us. And that's the same thing. Like, if you take... Uh, the, the normal theology of what I personally grew up into anyways, of the church theory is I'm a sinner saved by grace. What you're doing is you're calling God's works unclean when he says that he clothes us with a robe of righteousness. So with that said, I, I, I want to get to the mindset of what he paid for. I mean, I think that's what my mission always is, is, is to remind us exactly where he's placed us. He's seated us in heavenly places, not down here until we make it there. That's where he's just seated us. His works finished it. Like, uh, I'll say this. Um, how, do you, how do you say that? So like the finished works of the cross is not fulfilled when somebody finally prays the prayer. It's fulfilled when the person's nature is restored back into the image of God. That is the fulfilled works of the cross. 
He said, it's finished. He didn't say, I'm done. He said, it's finished. It means I'm just getting started. They, they finally, all the deception that they've been cast over them, everything that they've been thinking about is, is now done. It's finished. And now they can be mine again, is what he's saying. So now to get into that, kind of on track of what the Spirit is really, I think, trying to say in all this, trying to figure out how far back to go in Romans. So I'm probably going to read quite a bit of this, um, and I'm gonna, I have the NLT, and it's going to go fast, I think. Um, I think. We'll see. So actually, let me do this. I've been talking. Lord, just let me actually use or let me let you use my mouth, my heart, not for me, but for your glory, Lord. That's the whole mission of what today I think is, is to talk about your glory, Lord. So, Lord, let us just uh, um, understand it. Let's do it quickly, Lord, and let's just get this thing on with you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, in Romans 5, it says, faith brings joy, and on my little subtitle there. And it says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place with undeserved privilege where we now stand and confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. So... If you think about um, faith, faith is basically the blood and the oxygen that, that keeps a Christian alive. It says we will live by faith. And it says, even in Hebrews, I think it even says that we will continue to live in faith forever and ever. Three things last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest is love, but faith will remain forever as well. And, uh, but it, says, it goes on, it says, we can rejoice too. When we run into problems, ooh, that's a tough one for us Christians, I swear. Um, and for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will will not lead us lead us to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fulfill our hearts with his love. And I'm just going to, and for the sake of time, I'm going to kind of skip through this. But it says, Adam and Christ contrasted, which is the difference of between like the two of them. Adam was the firstborn. Jesus was kind of the second Adam kind of thing. But the original intent was supposed to be the same kind of thing. It was never supposed to, you know, be lost. But that's why Christ comes to show us what our original and what God's original intent for us was. You know, the Bible talks about how um, he came while yet we were still sinners. It's because he never lost sight of what we were created to be. We lost sight of it. And he's trying to restore our mind back to what his original purpose is for us. Um, slow down, Daryl. I know I got a little time, but you slow down. <laughs> But then it goes into, and it says, sin's power is broken. In chapter 6, it says, well then, should we continue sinning so grace abounds? Of course not. How could we who died to it live in it any longer? Um, sorry, I quoted that, and that's not what it says. Uh, 
It says, well, then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ, Jesus in baptism, we were joined, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism and and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may have lived new lives. And then it keeps going on with that. And then it jumps into seven and it says, no longer bound by the law. And it, and it shows the purpose of what the law is for. It says, God's law reveal, reveals our sins, shows our need for him, shows how far we've gotten off track of the original intent. And then it talks about struggling with sin. And it says, so the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritually and good. The trouble is with me, for I am not, for I am all too human, a slave to sin, which let me tell you right now, it says, no longer be a slave to sin, but a weapon of righteousness is basically what it says in another book. I'm not sure where, but anyways, but, and then he goes on and he says, so you see how it is. I want to do what's right, but inevitably I do what's wrong. And then he goes, who's going to save me from this wretched man that I am? And we stop there, but it says, thanks be to Jesus Christ. And then it jumps into Romans eight, which says life in the spirit. And it says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ. How much condemnation? None, none. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body. Let me stop right there. Just think about that long enough. God, the creator, the alpha, the omega, all his terms. That's bigger than an inconvenience, but he put himself in what he created and hung around in a womb for nine months. God of the universe did that. I mean, think about this. This is way bigger than an inconvenience. And he was subject to the, to, the, to the nature of a woman to raise him. It's not like he was like, okay, I'm just going to come through Mary and then I got it all on my own. That, the God of everything did this. And to me, what my heart sees and screams to me, the love in that, that I'm going to not take a shortcut in this that I'm going to show them in all their ways how to be, and I'm going to send an example for them. And, and, and somehow a lot of the, the church gets deceived into believing, well, that's Jesus. That's, you know, we're not Jesus. And we get deceived into dialing back the grace that has been bestowed on us, the love that has came to rescue us. We call it dead works almost when we live like that. So when, when I read this Bible, it comes alive. And like, I'm a passionate man by nature. 
um, you know, I try to put my socks on passionately. Like I'm just, I'm just that way. Um, it, it, it can annoy people or it can encourage people. Um, I, I get all ends of it and I'm passionate on all ends of me. Like it just doesn't stop. But when I read this Bible and I see what he's done for me, it is near impossible for me to shut my mouth about it. And that is the only reason I ever even get up here. It's the only reason I try to steer people to the right direction of what the word is saying. And then, I, like I said earlier, it's hard to remain confident in that because he's challenged me in so many ways. But the one thing I do know is that there is a God up there that loves us. That not just me. I mean, I, I've, I've gotten to where John got, you know the disciple that Jesus loved. I have that over my life, but I want that over all of our lives. I want us all to understand that. So coming into the life of the Spirit, he's showing us like when we submit to God and his purpose and his intent, he will empower us to go places we could never dream of going, going places that he, that everything that we've known from this point on says that we can't do. He's going, watch me, because I'm going to do a new thing that you haven't seen yet. I don't, I'm not sure it's new to him. I think it's just new. Like, to me, he never changes. I don't know if things are new. That's a whole, I'm going down a rabbit trail. But I say all that to get to this part. It says, the future glory in Romans 8. And I feel like the service has just been hinting all around this part of the future glory. And it's and reading it, why we were going through it kind of kind of changed my realm of thinking on it too. But I'm going to read it. It says, "Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. For all creation is eagerly is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who His children are, really are. Against its will, all creation was subject." subjected to God's curse but with eager hope the creation looks forward to the day when it will join in God's chil- or it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay for we know all creation has been groaning in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time and we believers also groan even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. That's, that's good right there. Um, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait eagerly, wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we were already, or if we already have something, we do not need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. There's that confidently word. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God's what God wants us to pray for. But when the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that we cannot be expressed in words, and our Father, who knows all hearts, knows the Spirit, or what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work 
together for the, the good who... I'm trying to quote it and read it at the same time. It's not working. For the good of those who love God and are called to according to his purposes for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. So that his son would be the firstborn. There it is. The firstborn among many brothers and sisters and having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. So, so with that, what I think he's really saying for us today is when you go out every single day of your life, understand that there, for, Paul writes it this way, for this light and momentary affliction is working for me a great, far exceedingly weight of glory. If, if we have the understanding that God is working on our behalf and he's sending us somewhere, it's harder to, to get discouraged when something comes against me. It's like, yeah, I was already made aware that something was going to come against me because I'm sent here. Of course this message doesn't want to go forth. And it doesn't even have to be a message that you're taking to somebody as much as it is as your upright character. That's what we read about in the beginning there is how testing develops our character, how it uh, makes our endurance grow. And it says, you know, in another verse, it says that uh, count it all joy when you go through trials and tribulations like the rest of your brothers and sisters. The reason we can't find it joy is because we're still living under our own um, wants and needs of what our life should be like instead of being submitted to what he's paid the price for. And that's where he's sending us is he's sending us into this oneness. And, and if you... If you haven't caught it yet, you're going to catch it very soon in the sense of what he's doing in this region and I think across the globe. I can only speak for this region, but he is linking every child of God up together, whether you're black, white, um, Democrat, Republican. It doesn't matter. He is dividing all the dividers. He is taking them out and you can no longer be on a fence for anything. You're either hot or cold. You're, you're for him, against him. You're, it's gather or scatter. There's no line anymore. He's not drawing the line in the sand for you to stand on it. He's showing you where you're placed. And he's placed you in heavenly places. So if you have a knowing and an understanding and you, you live from that place, when you go out, it's so much harder to be uh, discouraged in, in what you're going through. But it's reminding yourself that that's that's where the passion comes into my life. And I wish everybody had it because there's sometimes where, you know, you ask people like, how are you doing? And, you know, they give you their trials and keep me in prayer. And it's so hard to walk away from there, not wanting to pour into them what's been poured into me. Because I'm like, don't, we don't need to be discouraged anymore. I get getting mad. I get for a moment like going, dang it. But like the overall being of us should be so possessed, I guess, by the love of God that we're more worried about people that are not saved than the, our circumstances and the fact if it's going well for me or not. We sing it's well with my soul. It should be what, like you think about the fire, Meshach, Radshach, and Abednego. He didn't put out the fire. He goes, you're going to be okay and turn it up, why don't you? And I'm going to show you that you're okay because I'm with you. I'm for you. 
So no matter where you go, whether it's a boss, whether it's an employee, whether it's whatever it is, whoever's trying to turn up the heat on you, it's just bringing a far greater weight of glory. What is glory? What is Shekinah glory? Manifestation of God on the earth. Shekinah glory come down. Not some kind of glory come down. Shekinah glory come down. The exact expression of God. Let it be breathed through the entire earth. Let it possess us as Christians to where people don't even ask that, that we don't have to go and try to forcefully have them pick our fruit, but we're seeds of our own kind, and they just walk by our tree, walk by Jesus' tree and go, wow, and start picking our fruit instead of us trying to sell the, the spoiled stuff that dropped. It's, it's becoming into that knowing. It's coming into that glory and sharing that glory with him. He says he shares his glory with no man, but yet First Peter says that he's, he, we get to share in that. If you don't read it, you miss it. And if you only read it to just be able to tell somebody else, it doesn't become your nature. That's the purpose of the word, to become like my Father. Be holy as he is holy. If I abide in you, you ought walk like me. There's so many promises, not even commandments. There's promises, and if you abide in me, you'll walk like me. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. It's promises. It's not make you feel. We, we read there is no guilt, shame, or condemnation for those who are in Christ. And the only reason like, I feel like I'm so passionate in this moment is so that we run well. When nobody else is looking, when none of us are, else are, are there to, to lay hands on each other, which is great, I'm not knocking it. Please hear my heart. When nobody else is there for you, do you know that he is? That's when, when I've seen things really happen with the Lord. It's when nobody else is looking. That's where my passion comes from. That's why I'm like, let's go. Run this thing. Get this thing on with the Lord. Don't be scared of it. We don't have to have the right atmosphere to declare things. You know, I, Becky said something over Lee and said, she goes, I know it sounds churchy and corny. We'll take those corny, churchy statements out there. It doesn't matter what they, what they don't see in me. It matters what they do see in me. And Christ in me is the hope of glory. He's bringing his glory to earth, and he's bringing it through us. We travel from glory to glory. Evidence of God to evidence of God. And not just by pushing it out and hoping and building the right atmosphere. I'm all for that. But what I'm saying is even when all hell is against what you're bringing, are you still bringing it? Are you still willing to step in there and be the weird one in the room so that somebody's life and soul can be saved. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Well, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.